Life Audio. This life gets hard, but move forward to brighter days. This chapter is long, but remember to turn the page. Welcome, everybody. We are back. With Abby Johnson and Reagan Long delivering the real deal of parenting to y'all completely unfiltered. Hello. <sighs> Welcome. Welcome. We're we're recording this the and I think it's gonna be short in a couple of days. So we're recording this Monday after Thanksgiving. And the Monday after a holiday weekend is just <sighs> Yeah, it's, right. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I feel <laughs> I feel kind of worn out. Even though, like, we we had a very chill Thanksgiving. Like last year, we had a huge friendsgiving, and I was really pooped after that. This year, like, we did nothing. It was just like my parents and us. Which I mean, that alone is twelve people, but. I mean, that's normal for us. <laughs> so right. I, but I'm just still just like, oh my gosh, just exhausted today. I was, I'm never one that's like, oh my gosh, can't wait for my kids to go back to school. But at 720, when Grace was out the door, like Doug takes some of them at seven. They, some of them, it's like basketball season. So, and Doug coaches some of them. Uh, basketball practice starts at seven. So some of them go with Doug at seven and then Grace takes the rest of them and she gets to school at seven 30. It doesn't start till eight, but she gets there early and they like getting to school early. Why? I don't know. Why do kids like getting to school early? I don't know. I have a bunch of weirdos, a bunch of nerds, but they like getting to school early. So they leave at seven 20 in the morning. Let me tell you something, Reagan. When I said, when I say that at 720, it was the best noise when that door closed this morning, <laughs> like a, <sighs> I was like, oh my gosh, I just went and like sat in my recliner for a good like five minutes yeah. and just enjoyed took it in. the silence. Just took it in. I was like, oh, this is good. This is good. Just this silence. Right. Nothing. I didn't look at my phone. I didn't. I just sat there. Just Tranqui- it in. Tranquility. <laughs> taking it in. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410.
Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I love it. And this morning, I was, my children, of course, would not move. And I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Come on. And literally for Caden and Kennedy, the late bell rings at 8.15. And it's like 8.14 in like 45 seconds. And I'm like speeding through the parking lot. Literally, like if there was a police officer, he should have like pulled me over. Like just not even just speeding, just like dangerously driving around curves to get there. You're like, like a bad woman. And I'm literally like, I love you both, but we cannot have mornings like this. Get out of the car. Run, run. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I know. Oh, oh, my gosh. My gosh. That reminds me of something, right? We have not even talked about this. Something happened at my church yesterday. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is the first time. Oh boy, time. That, this could go many different ways. <laughs> this is the first time this has ever happened at a church where I've been. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So I don't like go to a huge church. Everybody knows we're Catholic. Um, so I don't go to like a humongous church, a uh, Catholic church, but it's, you know, it's, I don't know how many people we have in our church. Probably, Decent. It's like medium. Like, yeah, it's like a medium-sized medium. church. Yeah. So yeah. But it's growing actually um, significantly because we have an awesome priest and he's like pretty traditional. And so anyway, we were done with the Eucharist and we were all sitting there. Father was... Uh, he had just finished saying like the prayer at the end of Eucharist. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he was about to say announcements. Okay. And which literally I just want to say is like the most dreaded part of the mass for me. I feel like it just takes away, like, I like know. seriously, I, I, know, I just hate the like, announcements. You gotta do it's it. There's drag. so much. I, I know, know, but there's, there's like such so a much drag. going on. <laughs> I'm like, like, I know you're right. In Catholic churches, like yeah, when, yeah. when do you do it? And, I, right, and I've right, like been yeah. to churches where they do it like right at the beginning. And I'm like, dear God, please don't do it at the beginning. Cause we're not there. Right. Wait, I, we're yeah, running we're late. In. Okay. Like, Three please. Late, okay. Please do it at the end. I, for the love of all things holy, I'm not there and I am not going to hear the announcements if you do it before <laughs> church starts. Okay. Right. Anyway. Okay. okay so, so, but Father's good because, like, we used to have somebody come up and do the announcements and whatever. Now he's like, I'm just going to do them really, really fast. Like, so he just does them really quick. It's not like this I love big it. production, whatever. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway. Okay, so he's like about to get started on the announcements, and here comes this guy and this woman and this child just walking <laughs> right up to the front of the church. Okay. And everyone's like, and yeah, and everybody's kind of like, uh, okay, like what's what's about to happen? And, um, this has ne never happened in my church. So people are like, um, like what, what, what do we do? What do we do? What, like, yeah. you know, right. So, and we have ushers and let me just tell everybody, like we are in Texas and 
we're all strapped. Okay. So like, we are not going to sit around. We don't like play around. Okay. Like there have been enough shootings and, and shenanigans happen in church. Like you better believe in a Texas church. Oh yeah. There are lots of, you've got like four forty eight people pulling Carrying. off. Okay. Like, like at a small, <laughs> even at like a small, I would say, especially at a smaller church, like, oh yeah, 75% of the men right. are carrying. Right. Okay. Like, yeah. and 50% of the women are strapped and armed. Okay. Like including me. So like, we're not worried about like that so we're much, not here but to it's play. just like, yeah. odd, okay. Somebody walking up to the front of the church. So we're all just kind of like, what's about to happen here? He walks right up to the front and right as as our priest is starting to talk and do the announcements he just starts like we need money we need money you need to give us money we need $200 like he just starts like talking like really loud while father is talking and and i got to tell you our priest is very young. He's only 33 years old. Oh, wow. And he's so amazing. And he handled it like a champ. Like, he was just like, okay, like, I hear I hear you. I hear what you're saying. He's like, um, our ushers are going to take you to the back and we will, we're going to handle it in a minute. And the guy just kept saying, we need money. We need $200. Give us $200. And someone give them And father's like, okay, the usher, I hear you. The usher, the ushers are going to help you. The usher, he's like, ushers, ushers, for the love of God, ushers. Like, and so here come the ushers, like, right. Coming to the front. Usher them back. Yeah. And so the ushers, like, take the guy. It was kind of weird because it was like the woman looked like she could have been his mom. It was like a weird thing because like the guy looked Mexican, but the woman looked like she was wearing like Muslim garb, but did not look like a girlfriend, looked like his mom. But then there was like this child there who like also was kind of dressed like a Muslim child. Uh-huh. And like at first he acted like he was like speaking Spanish. And I'm like, no. I'm like, what what is this? What is this shenanigan? What is this scam right. going they, on right, here in right. the church? Right. I mean, like, and this is what I mean, I don't mean to be cynical, but like this is kind of what I do like for part of my job. I mean, like, we run a crisis ministry. So I'm like, right. let me see what's going on here. Right. Let me get up in the middle of this and find out what's going on. Right. So I was sitting near the back anyway. So the ushers like walk him out. And so I got up and walked out and um, the ushers are like, um, he says he needs to get to California. He says he needs $200 to get to California. And I'm like, uh-huh. He thinks two hundred dollars is going to get him. I'm like two hundred dollars won't even get him out of the state of Texas. So I'm like, okay, yep. Yeah. So I walk out to the guy, and he's like acting like he's going to start speaking Spanish. And I'm like, you talk English to me, 
I'm like, I know you speak English. So just right. you talk English to me. And he's like, oh, oh, yes. Okay. And so he starts speaking English and, um, and he's, I'm like, what do you, what do you need the $200 for? He's like, I have to get to California. And I'm like, why? I'm like, what's in California? He's like, oh, uh, my dad is sick. I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like, what's he sick with? And he's like, uh, he's, he's in the hospital. I'm like, with what? And he's like, well, he's, he's dying. I'm like, with what? Right. What is he right. sick? What is he sick with? You're not going like, to pull one over on Abby. And he's like, why do I have to answer all these questions? Why are you asking me all these questions? I'm like, because you're asking me for $200 in cash. And so before we hand you cash, we need to know what our money is going to and what you're going to be doing with it. And he's like, I'm not asking you for money. I'm asking the pastor for money. And I'm like, well, I'm here on behalf of the pastor. So um, I'm like, uh, I said, I'm, I'm head of our respect life ministry and that includes our benevolence ministry. So you're, you're going to have to, you're going to have to answer these questions. He's like, are you going to give me the money or not? Because I need the money. And I'm like, no, sir. I was like, I'm not going to give you money. I was like, I don't believe that you're going to use it for good intentions and we're not going to give you cash. And I was like, I might be inclined to give you like a gas gift card or something like that. He's like, I don't want a gift card. I just want cash now. Boy, you're making me just want to just give you everything in my purse right now. At this point, the ushers are like laughing because they're just like, oh, Abby is going to like beat this guy. So I was like, like like this dude needs to Google this woman really quick. I'm like, okay, someone, someone. No, I know. They're like, ushers, can we get more ushers over here? Like, wait. And I'm like, no, I'm like, you're not getting anything. I'm like, you can go. I'm like, you, you can go now. I'm like, go ahead and go to your van and leave the property. And he looks at me and he goes, you're not Jesus. You're Satan. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's yeah. not the first time I've been called that. I was either. like, yeah, I've been called worse. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, get on feeling. out of here. Get on out of here. So I like follow him to his car. Cause I thought if I don't like follow him out, like he's just going to stand in the parking lot and like, beg yeah. for money like and i right it, it seemed like he was on drugs so yeah um Ugh. anyway so i'm like i follow him out to his car and the whole time he's turning around going don't follow me satan don't yeah. follow me <laughs> oh my gosh why did someone not record this like seriously so he gets in his van which by the way is chocked full of people there's of all these people in the, waiting, <laughs> waiting in the van. Okay. Oh but the whole God. time, Rake, after they left, I was like, they, and they, the reason I thought about this was because the way you were talking about getting into the line, like driving all crazy. They drove out of the parking lot. Like, I'm so glad there were no children in the parking lot because the way the guy drove out of the parking lot was so erratic and so crazy. Like he could have easily like run over somebody. Like I'm so glad mass was not out yet. But then I thought, oh my God, Regan, I 
I should have done something about that little girl that was Mm -hmm. with them. Like it was, what do you do? You know, like you and I are the type where we just want to scoop her up and be like, we're going to take care of you. Come with us. I don't know, but I feel like I missed an opportunity. Like I was so worried about getting that guy away from the church right? and like getting him away from the parishioners, especially like our elderly parishioners who would be, you know, manipulated, manipulated into giving this guy cash or be vulnerable to listening to this fake sob story, right? Yeah. And so I'm like so worried about like getting him away from the church. I was like, oh my gosh, once they drove off, I was like, oh my God, Abby, like dummy. Why didn't you like reach out and do something for that little girl? Like they're obviously using her as like a pawn to try yeah. to get money. Oh, I feel it's like so hard. It's so hard. I'm idiot. telling you, there's so many times, like literally I somewhat along the same lines, but slightly different. Like I took Kelsey to um, fearless yesterday. It's one of those jump trampoline parks. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, so it was just her and I, and, like I am that, and again, please know I am not trying to paint myself as this this perfect mom. I literally am just so flawed. It's unbelievable. Ne- neither one of us are. But if they listen I, to this, they know that that we right. are both so totally just, I'm screwed up. Yeah, this. they know. They I'm know. Preface this because, um, but anyways, like if if we're at church or a restaurant or or you know it like you know this trampoline park, and I see like there was this. Like when a baby cries, I get, it, it just like, it bothers me. It's like, should, like I want to go help soothe the baby. Be, and, and like, there was this, gosh, I mean, he must've been like 10 months, 11 months old. And this mom who, you know, she had him there. So I guess that's shows some sign of something, but she was like putting him in this ball pit in like, oh, as if she was tossing a sack of potatoes in there. And there was big kids jumping everywhere. And this baby was like screaming, oh. just wanting out. And it's like, I, Abby, it got to the point where I literally was like, Lord, okay, I think I'm going to go over there and I'm going to pick the baby up because like I, it, it bothered me so much. Like my chest was hurting. Like uh. why? Why do you keep throwing him back in there if he's screaming? But, well, and it wasn't, it, it, it's not like she was doing it fun. Like, hey, wee, you know, like just trying to like, no, it was like tossed him in like a sack of potatoes and like, just so she didn't have to deal with him. Oh. And it was, it was just, I don't know. I, it, it's like, I just get, I, there's so many different scenarios where, and again, I'm sure I've been in Walmart or Target before or getting groceries where people, and, and maybe I'm losing my crap on my kids, right? Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. Again, oh, yeah. No, I am the same mom. That. I'm the same mom no matter where I'm at. I don't yeah. care if there's two people watching me or a store watching me, judging me. Like, I'm just still going to do my thing, you yeah, know? Yeah. But, but so I'm sure there's times where people have been like, oh, those poor kids, that mother, she looks like she's just like, she's just lost it. So well, sure I mean, we've all too. done that. We've all done that. I mean, <laughs> that all happens to the best of us, it, you know? It does. But but you you just know there's those certain situations where you're looking and it's all you can do to not go 
like steal a baby and rescue them, steal a child and rescue them because you know, even though you're breaking the law, that you're actually doing something good, right? <laughs> it's like, can I just take your child for you and just take care of them, please? Like, I know. let's let's do all of us a favor here. It's so hard. Man, it's so hard. It is hard. But I just feel like a complete idiot for not like, I don't know, like at least saying something to her, like, are you okay? I mean, right. I don't know, she- like what she would have said. I don't even know if she would have said anything. Like, I don't know. She'd probably be afraid to. Done something, said something. I was like, so anyway, now I I feel like a moron for not doing anything. No, I mean, it's, it's so hard. Those are the situations we're put in. And it's like, You know, what we're talking about today is like another thing that I get very, you know, it's, it's so paired, you know, so Abby and I are going to talk about some vaccines today um, and how much it's changed over the years, the, the, the vaccine schedule for children. And, and I don't want to be hypocritical because in one breath, I say, which I do mean every parent, you know, no government should tell parents what to do with their children, right? And I mean that because that's just how it should be. However, I feel like there are so many parents that just don't have great decision-making skills um, where I'm like, man, they shouldn't be allowed to make that decision for their children. But, you know, one of the things that bothers me the most And I think, and you tell me if this happened with you, Abby, as you had each of your babies. So Abby has eight children. She's given birth to seven. I have five. I've given birth to five. And I think, you know, your first couple, you're just kind of looking around at the doctors and nurses and whatever they're telling you to do. And, oh, we need to do this to the baby. You're just kind of like, okay, okay. You know, and then it's like more babies go along. You get, you get more defensive. You speak up, you know, like I I pushed Kendall out of my womb and it was like, here she is. Okay. We have to slather all this gunk in her eyes and um, she's taken her first four breaths. Let's give her her hep B shot. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's like, uh, can I, can I, can I see my child that's been in my womb for almost a year? Without you just, I don't know, injecting, injecting them with, I don't know, well, slathering it, yeah, them with I mean, things. It is, and- it's crazy. It's like, as soon as they come out, it's like, <gasps> and we begin your treatments immediately. <laughs> and it's like, Seriously? wait a minute, wait a minute. Like I, she hasn't even like fed yet. Like, can you like, just, like literally, can I, can, can I count her fingers and toes? Like before you... And it's, it's wild. And, um, I literally got to the point by the time I had KJ, my fifth, I was like, no, thank you. No, no. And then even, I remember even a simple, not that they were injecting my babies, but I had big babies. All my babies were huge. Kendall was nine and a half pounds, 22 inches. The other ones came two weeks early and they were eight and a half pounds at two weeks early. So if they would have went full gestation, we would, I would have had 10 pound babies. You know what I'm saying? However, so they all are like, wow, you have big babies. We need to test them to see if they're diabetic. You know what I mean? We need to, we need to prick them 
And I literally fought. I fought more and more with each baby. I'm like, I just have big babies. They're fine. Every baby of mine has been fine. They're just big. I carry yeah. big babies. They're all fine. No. And I was, and and I and I remember like the look of disgust on the nurses when I had to sign off, like, what mother wouldn't want to check her baby? Let me just prick your baby's foot like five times to draw blood from it. And I was just like, literally, this is no, 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 no. And I'm telling you, if I ever had another baby, Abby, I would do, uh, well, <laughs> maybe, maybe you have different thoughts on this. I would want to do a home birth if everything was going well. We we have a, we have a friend who had a traumatic story, so it's with a home birth, but I bet I'm serious. I oh my just, God. Reagan, let me tell you something. <laughs> I would make you be there with me. You would never <laughs> make it through a home birth. I, it's so funny to me. It's so funny to me that you even think you could do a home birth. I literally think I could do it. We can't even prick your finger without you fainting. And you think you can do a home birth. Well, listen, so I had five vaginal deliveries and two of them were unmedicated. One of them was not by choice. (laughs) One of them, I didn't have time. But Kelsey, I did it. I mean, I was, the nurses told me they had to keep closing my door because I was scaring all the women on the floor. They, I swear to God, as God is listening. I mean, I was making demonic noises. I literally was like, I, is that, that is coming not, from me? That's not surprising. That's not surprising in, at all. I was in one of those pools of water. And uh, I'm like, oh my gosh, how do people- I'm this silent. Is- during my labor. I'm yeah, you're, I, I, I bet you are. Like you're I just that person. Zero noise when I labor. It's too, it hurts too bad. I'm like, I'm, I don't have energy to spend <laughs> to make noise. It hurts I, too much. Oh, mine is so bad. And, and let me say this. So I'm going to throw myself under the bus too. So I do not use God's name in vain. I just do not. However, I can have a potty mouth at times, which I need to clean up, but I'm just saying it. I, I can have a potty mouth, but my midwife would always joke. She would like tell the nurses, you know, Reagan is not, is she throwing the F-bomb yet? Because until she's throwing the F-bomb, we're not close. We're not close yet. <laughs> so as soon as I would start, start dropping the F-bomb, the midwife's like, okay, I got to check her again. We're getting there. Oh, <laughs> we're making some good progress. <laughs> I look, I, I think we've talked about this on the podcast one time. Reagan and I did like an ice like an ice challenge, like where you hold oh my a gosh. piece of ice in your hand. Reagan was literally like doing Lamaze. Like she's like <laughs> like while Listen. we're holding the piece of ice. I let me tell you, it's oh harder. It's hard. It is painful because they say I made Abby do this ice challenge because they said it's somewhat comparable to contractions, which nothing is comparable to contractions, nothing. However, holding two ice cubes in your hands extended, like Abby was like, it was if she was just sitting there holding two cotton balls, just, yeah. And I'm like, (gasps) it was not like that. It was not. (laughs) I was like, it's fine. You're fine. She was not fine. I was not. I just, oh. I try hard. I struggle. But I was going, I was actually going to have a home birth, but um, only because I'm lazy. 
Only because I was like, I don't want to have to find <laughs> childcare for the rest of the kids. For the rest of the... And I just had really easy labors and delivery. So I was like, it's fine. I'll just do it at home. And I and epidurals don't, don't work on me anyway. So I was like, I mean, there's no reason for me to go to the hospital, really. But then I, <laughs> then I got pregnant with the twins. Oh, and yeah, Doug yeah. was like... And I was still fine to have them at home, but Doug put the kibosh on that. He was like, no, yeah. you're going to have to right. go to the hospital. Right. So, and then when I had Fulton, um, which I did have, I had to, I had Lucy vaginally, but then I had to have an emergency C-section with Maggie. So because Fulton was a VBAC, Doug was very uncomfortable with me having a VBAC at home. So yeah, I had Fulton in a hospital. Well, plus Fulton had been a twin and I had miscarried his twin. So Doug was just like, just do it in a hospital. Just make me more comfortable. That's so that's wild. It <clears throat> is that that has to be highly uncommon to have twins back to back. Right? Well, so my doctor, my OBGYN actually said that he think he was he thought that um, I was probably, since I had had twins, like back to back like that, he said, I think you're probably ovulating from both sides, both mm-hmm. ovaries now. Oh. Um, he said, so I think you're probably producing an egg from both ovaries. So he said, probably every time you get pregnant from now on, it'll be twins. <laughs> so, I did not know that. Yeah, so I was like, "Oh, well, that's okay." Time to shut it down then. (laughs) Thank you. We're now at eight. I think it's a good way to cap it off. Yep. So, um, yeah. So when I, I mean, I was having problems anyway, and um, needed to get a hysterectomy. So I was like, "Well, now's a better time than any." Let's let's get her done and take all that out. I don't need it. So. But yeah. it's, it's I mean, wild. I still have my ovaries, but I got rid of everything but, else. Yeah. You know, it's it's wild because the average age for childhood for a childhood cancer diagnosis in the United States is age six. And Abby, how many vaccines do you think children receive by the age of six? What you- oh my gosh. If I had to guess. I bet. Um, okay. I would guess. By age six. By age six, I would guess they've gotten mm, 40. Close. 50. Wow. 50 if you're doing all of them. Think of that. Like, think of that. And here's the thing. None of us, unless we are thorough doctors ourselves, none of us understand those ingredients, the majority of them. And some of them that we do understand that we talk about should be a hard stop for all of us to be like, huh, I want to, I just want to put this in my child's body because even though I don't have a medical degree, 
I do have common sense and I just want to shoot that right into my child's body. It's, it's like, and again, so my four oldest children have the vaccines that I had. Okay. Mm -hmm. And to, to be honest, I, I remember even my first baby, the first time I took her to get her shots, I was like ready to pass out. But for me, it was more, I just didn't want her to be in pain. Like she's going to get pregnant. Yeah, she's yeah. going to cry. Oh my gosh. So it was more of that because I'm like, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. I'm protecting my baby. And, and, uh, with each child, I just got more and none of my children have had any adverse reactions to vaccines. Praise God. However, with each child, I got more and more weary. And I just felt it was like my like intuition from God just heightening. And then we have what we went through the last three years, which was just so crazy eye-opening. And Abby and I, my fifth baby and her eighth baby, they're two weeks apart. Both of our boys are four and a half. And so KJ and Fulton were just babies when this was all going down, when all the craziness started to unravel. And I was like, I'll be damned if I, oh, oh my gosh, am I allowed to say that word? I'll be darned. I, I think you could say <laughs> I mean, I'm dropping all the, are we allowed to say the V word on podcast? Yeah, I, think it's fine. I think it's okay. No, I will be darned if I'm taking him in and I'm injecting his body with allowing them to inject his body with anything right now. Yeah. And so I just feel like for a large group of us, the last few years have made us put a hard stop on, I'm going to do some praying. I'm going to do some researching. Uh, like something doesn't sit right. If there was one good thing that came out, I think from all this COVID stuff, it was that it really made parents look at vaccines um, and really look at not just the COVID vaccine, but look at yes, what all. is in all of these vaccines. And, you know, Ray and I both are parents that vaccinated our kids. And it wasn't until we really, well, I, one of my children does have an adverse reaction. And I always thought that was ridiculous. I was like, Oh my gosh, all of these parents, you know, all these vaccine injured children. I thought that was such BS. I was like, there's no way all these kids are getting hurt from vaccines. You know, we would have heard about that, blah, blah, blah. I thought it was completely ridiculous. And then it happened to my kid. And, mm. um, and then I was like, okay, I guess it's not so ridiculous. I guess it is happening. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, at that moment I was like, that's it. Like, I'm not doing this to any of my kids Why anymore. Risk it? Right. And, um, and so I promised all of my kids, you'll never receive another vaccine again. And they were like, Yay! They were all like so oh, yeah. excited. No shots? No like my yeah, older right, kids, right. you know, they were like, so now, like, if we go to the pediatrician, like, there's no fear. They're like, yes, right. I don't have to get, I don't have to get shots, right? And I'm like, no, exactly, I promise you, you'll never always, get another one. Yes, 
That's always a kid's fear. Do I have to get shots today? Yeah. I'm like, nope, you'll never get another one. And yeah. so, I mean, unless it's like necessary, right? Like if they get tetanus right. or I don't know, but like, right, right, right. But I'm like, no, you're never going to get Same. another vaccine again. But I think like what you were saying earlier, Reagan, is so true because I felt very pressured into it. I think I always had some like qualms about it. Mm-hmm. Um, just like being in the pro-life movement and like hearing that, you know, these vaccines are, you know, created with stem cells from aborted babies and all that. Like I always had like some hesitancy about it, but the pediatrician that we went to was this, you know, pro-life pediatrician, this like pro-life Catholic pediatrician. And her practice did not allow unvaccinated kids in the practice to be patients. Wow. And um, she was like, no, like you are harming your kids if you don't get them vaccinated. And so I was like, okay. Wild. Like I, I just trusted her. Right. I was like, okay, like she's a good pro-life Catholic doctor. And so I'm just going to trust her and trust what she says. And so I did um, until I didn't. Right. Mm -hmm. Until Mm -hmm. it happened to my kid. And then I was like, no, like that's wrong. What she's saying is wrong. And what I've been putting in my kids is wrong. And so then, you know, we all kind of, we all like kind of semi went through a vaccine detox. Mm -hmm. But if I'm honest, like we need to do more of it. The problem is it's so expensive. Like, um, there's a, there's a website. Um, I mean, you can probably do it like on your own, like look up stuff and do it on your own. I just don't know what it is. I don't know like how to do it. I I need to like research on it, but there's a um, website. I think it's called um, green mom or Dr. Green mom or something like that. Um, And she, yeah, drgreenmom.com. And she has got like, um, this stuff, she has a vaccine detox, like blend thing that you can buy. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Like, I want to buy that. Right. It's very expensive. I mean, it's not very expensive if you have one or two kids. Right. It would be very expensive for me to get it for all eight of my kids. So, um, so I'm like, well, maybe I can do one at a time. Okay. You're safe now. Right. You're good. Let's work on this one. I need to just pick my favorite and start, start there. That sounds like me with with my kids' teeth. Like we were just yeah. finishing paying off Kendall's, um, what are those things? Uh, Retainers? Oh, the Invisalign. Invisalign. She could have done Invisalign or braces. It was the same price. 
and her teeth were a mess and they're now so amazingly straight and, and, and gorgeous. And I'm like, okay, finish paying that monthly payment. Now the next kid's teeth right. that are a mess. <laughs> work right. on, work yeah. on this kid's teeth. But, but, but it, it is, it's like, um, yeah, it's as a part of me is like, what did I allow to go into my children's bodies. And I also, I had a pediatrician who was so faith-driven. She was so smart, loved her, loved her. And when we got to the point where Kendall was um, up to bat for the HPV vaccine, and I'm like, oh, that's a hard pass for me. And she was like, really, like she and I got along great. And she's like, but Reagan, listen, and I'm like, oh, thank you so much. But like, no, I've already, I already know, like, no. And she just kept pushing. And then I got a message from her saying, for being such a godly woman, I cannot believe you're choosing. <gasps> oh, that was the last time we ever saw her. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, you, my God. Yes. That is too far. And I'm like, oh, man. And so... Anyways, uh, we the pediatrician I've for the last couple years has been phenomenal. She, when I told her my stance with KJ on the vaccines and the other kids, she's like, okay. She's like, do you mind if I ask if the kids had any, you know, have you ever had a, an adverse reaction? And I said, no, I haven't. She's like, okay, all right then. And she has never once, and she is so thorough and so smart, and she has never once pushed me or asked okay. one more time. She doesn't even ask for the flu shot. She just knows. She knows where I stand and she respects it. She knows I'm a good mom. She knows I'm not trying to put my children in danger. And just when I had, you know, all the kids at their well childs like a month ago, you know, there was two nurses in the room because we're all in there. Like there's seven of us in there and she's just like going right. through the kids. And so there was like three nurses in there too, like just helping like get everybody's info in and you know, heights and weights and all that fun stuff. And, you know, two of the nurses were like, uh, here's your papers to sign off because they're, they're, they were due for shots. And, and like, they were just almost like, you know, they they just made it their passive aggressive. (laughs) It was very, they made it very well known. And I was just all smiles. Absolutely. Let me sign. And, you know, Terry, the kid's dad is like very much against it. We have very different views. And he's like, the cops are going to come after us. We're endangering our kids. How can, and I'm like, let the cops come. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, uh, seriously, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. And- well, okay. So this, this is what I'm unclear about. So, okay. This Dr. Green mom, they have this Vax Clear liquid. Okay. So, and this is what I cannot, like, I can't find any information. I emailed them and it was about as helpful as emailing a kindergartner and asking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's like Vax Clear with aluminum guard. So it's supposed to be like a detox and it's 35 bucks. Okay. Which that's okay. fine. Reasonable, but yeah. I'm like, okay, but is it like a detox forever? Is it a detox for right. six months? Is it, 
is it like a detox just after you get the vaccine or is it good for my 17 year old that hasn't had vaccine since she was 10, right? Like, is it going to help her or is it only for kids have just gotten them or kids, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, and so I emailed those questions to their help thing and they were like, we can't provide medical advice. I'm like, (laughs) right. Okay. Gotcha. Great. Thanks <laughs> for the help. Thank you. I'm, I'm actually not asking for medical advice. I'm just asking like how long for your product to be on the detox of your product. That's what I'm asking. I <gasps> Oh my gosh. That's just that's just you know what, Abby, and I'm just gonna go a little sideways here, but it's like been on my mind and bothering me. And like every parent has to be like Come on. But so that makes me think of how inefficient so many workers are today. But it's like everywhere I go, I don't care if I'm buying like a pack of socks or I'm just picking something up. It's like everyone is like, if I buy a pack of gum, is an idiot. Everybody's like, an idiot. Well, well, yes. They turn, no, everything wants a tip. Everyone wants a oh tip. Oh my God. They turn the screen yes. around. And then they have it. Oh, do you want to give a 20% tick tip because you checked out my gum? No, no, I don't want to give you a 20% tip. Like, no, I'm so sorry. Everywhere I go. And I, and I, I'm, I'm being, I'm embellishing slightly there. However, I'm saying those, those little machines where they turn the screen around are now going everywhere. And it seems like you're asked to tip for everything now. And I'm like, you know what? I, I I need to get another job just to tip these people. Like, what am I tipping for? Maybe what I am should... I tipping for? I know <laughs> we went. Okay, I let's just... see. We went to a Morgan Wallen concert, and oh. so we went to which we adore Morgan Wallen. Oh yeah. So Love okay. Him. So if we went to well, so we went to go get food. Okay, all the food was self service. So right. like really, it's actually really cool. Like at the Moody Center in Austin, it's like they just have like chicken fingers and barbecue burgers. They have all these like different stations, but the food yeah. is already prepared. So you just like walk up, you pick up what you want, you put it in a little paper boat thing, you take it back to your seat and it's all self-checkout too. So it's really cool, really yeah. efficient. You're not like waiting in lines, whatever. I love it. It asked me if I wanted to add a tip. Do I get the tip? <laughs> right. Do sure. I give it to right. myself? Can I? Do, does it go out? back to my credit card? Because I did all the work. Like I picked it up. I put it in a boat. I'm carrying it back to my own seat. <laughs> I'm throwing it away. Like wh- who am who, I tipping? Who does the tip go to? Exactly. Right. Because it should yes. go to me. Yes. Because I'm waiting on myself. It's every, and soon, like now, I don't know if you've seen the videos, like they're starting to creep out, like, especially on Twitter. Like I've seen, like, I don't know if it's the first McDonald's ever that's just run by robots or yeah. something. Like they're yeah. going to be asking us to tip the robots. I, I just, I'm like, why, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? What? I, I don't. I just. I know. Why are we doing this? Why, why are we taking people that did literally nothing. For, right. I, I don't, I'm like, I mean, no. when they ask, right. yeah, like when they ask, it's, they'll like turn, yeah, they'll turn the screen to me and I'm like, 
what is this? And sometimes they're like, oh, we just need your signature. I'm like, right, right. You, yeah. You know, While it's you there. Just, really? And then they like have it there. Oh, do you want a 30% tip, 25% <laughs> tip or 20% tip? Like they've almost completely erased like, like the 10 and 15% tip. <laughs> you are making $15 an hour. Okay. <laughs> You're fine. $15 an hour, like doing fries. All right. right. You're okay. My min- my first minimum wage job was like $5.25 an hour. Okay. You're going to be fine. I don't even remember. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. It's These just, kids. it's just so wild. But I mean, I think it's, it's just suffice to say, I mean, I don't know if this is correct, but it's kind of. Like every man on his own anymore. I mean, with with everything because, and when we run this podcast, Abby, I'm going to share, you and I have a bunch of links of stories of so many parents sharing. And these are all very, very current. Um, oh gosh, I can't even, I, I can't call it a testimonial. Like devastating heartbreak stories of parents sharing from their children from like two months old, you know, up, you know, past toddler years of, of my goodness, deaths. I mean, deaths following just routine vaccinations. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, it's absolutely, it's heartbreaking. And as any decent mother, like like we talked about earlier in the podcast. I mean, we just feel, I don't care whose baby it is. I don't care whose child it is. I don't care where they come from, what who who their parents, like it devastates me. Mm-hmm. And um and I think especially now after what we've gone through. Um and I think it would be naive to say Abby, it, it, parents I I think people need to be prepared for for round two of of something because if y'all thought that the hellish 2020 to 2022 23 was was it i feel like that was just kind of the preliminary round of mm-hmm. of what is to come i mean do you see what they're doing now in china to the kids no. they're they're back to yep um they're back to masking there's a mysterious pneumonia and they can't rule out if it's part of if if it's a covid strain but so they're they're thinking of shutting school down again and um the initial reports and these have just come out in the last couple days it's like a sick scary deja vu i'm saying like all over again and just how quickly it sprung and what they're doing to the kids and um and the fear mongering and you know mass fully back and trying to shut things down so it's like oh sweet baby jesus just just have mercy on us all I just, I just don't know why people are buying into it again like right right i just I, say no just say right. no Right, I I, mean, I, will, I won't do it again. I, I, just, I mean, I mean, you and I, I are a little bit different. We have very blunt personalities, and we don't care if people hate us or 
love us or anything in between. So, and I know not everybody is built that way, but if you are a parent, you have to man up, you have to get some thick skin and you have to be willing to like go against the grain and to say no to people that you fear or intimidate you or who are above you, so to speak, because your child's safety and life and livelihood depends on it. It just, yeah. it just does. Like that is where we're at. It's, it's just so crazy different than it was when, when we were growing up. And, um, I'm surprised at how many people are actually wearing masks. Like when I oh, go I know. to the oh, airport and stuff, I just, I want it. You remember when you were like in junior high and you start wearing bra? And the boys would walk up behind you and they would snap your bra. Snap. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. I wanted you to do their mask. Oh, I yeah. Up to their mask. I want to pull their mask away from their face and I want to snap it back on their face. I just want to walk up to them and be like, this isn't helping you. Like, like what, what are you right. doing? What are you doing? Right. What are you, what are you doing? It's not helping. It's not helping I, you. All the reports it, are out, moron. No. It's not right. helping you. Right. I like, I don't know. I, I've been surprised at how many people are like back to wearing the mask, but I'm telling you, you and I have said this before. I I know I make a living off of speaking, but I'm telling you as God is my witness, if those airlines, which I don't think they would do anything that dumb again, but if those airlines go back to making people wear the mask as God is my witness, hand to God, I will not get on a plane again and wear a mask. I won't do it. Just the thought of it. We'll be road me... tripping. See, yes. then I can come with you. I should pray that 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 does get <laughs> mandated so I can officially go with Abby. Oh my gosh. To I, some of her places. Like, hand to God, I won't do it. I will road trip everywhere. I'll do it. The, I'll, I'll like do virtual events. I... The thought of putting a mask on my face again makes me just physically nauseous. Like I yeah. cannot do it. I, it right. makes the back of my ears hurt just thinking about having a mask right. on my ears again. Like, I can't, like, I can't do it. And, and like it for, for me, I get, I get very aggravated and dismissive, like, like roll, you know, like when I see adults, but when I see adults who are masking their children, like a few weeks ago, I was in Virginia beach and I saw this mom with a, he had to have been two, had to have been two her son mask. And he's like, no mommy, no mommy. And trying to pull it off. And she kept putting it back on. I, literally, I'm like, oh, my, and I, my daughter Kennedy was with me, and she's like, "Don't do it, mom." <laughs> literally, she's like, "Don't go over there," <laughs> because she could see I was like, oh, it infuriates I, me. Yes, I, I literally was like, "Lord, Lord, do you want me to go over there? Do you want me to rip it off the baby?" <laughs> it's just like people, come on. And then again, and then I'm just gonna be done with my my piece of this, but. And it just mind boggles me when I scroll my feeds and I see people who are so proud to announce that they went and they got their boosters and their Mm. flu shots. Like they're just like, oh my gosh, I feel so good. I feel so safe now. I'm like, what? Okay. I just, there's no hope. There's just no hope for some. I'm sorry. Okay. I mean, like a couple things. One, when Matthew Perry died. Oh. And 
I mean, we're, we watch friends like all the time. Like we just kind of have it on in the background or whatever. And like, every time I see him now, I'm like, "Mm, it's really sad. He's dead. Right. Yeah. But two things can be true. Okay. One, everybody loved Matthew Perry. Okay. That's Mm -hmm. true. Right. He seemed like a fun guy. He seemed like a nice guy. He was a good actor. He was very beloved, right? Sure. But here's another thing that's true. He lived a life full of addiction. Yeah. And he and addiction is hard on your body, right? We know yeah. this. We know that's true. Another thing we know that's true is that he was a huge proponent of COVID vaccines. Yeah. Okay. Huge. We know this. He came out with a shirt that he yes. sold that said, could I be any more vaccinated? Okay. And that was a re- more recent tweet of his with yes. that shirt. So oh. we know he was vaccinated and boosted and all those things, right? Yeah. So here's, here's what we know to be true. We know that the life of an addict is hard and we know it's hard on the body. We know it's hard on the heart. It's hard on all of the organs. Okay. Why? Knowing that, would you put something in your body that we already now have definitive, we have these definitive conclusions now that the vaccine does cause myocarditis? In, in men, particularly younger men. We, we have all of the data, right? We've got yeah. it from the CDC. We have it. We have it. Okay. This is not like conservative conspiracy theories anymore. This has all been put out. Yeah. It's verified. Yeah. It's, it's out there. Okay. It's no longer a conspiracy theory. It's verified. Why would you continue to put this in your body? I don't if you know that you have done these hard things to your body, right? Yeah. Why would you do that? It's like, I mean, you know, it's 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 like my dad has heart problems, right? He's mm-hmm. he almost died. I mean, we almost lost him. He has he has a terrible heart. He's had a heart attack. He has AFib. It'd be like my dad saying, you know, I think I'm gonna go get that vaccine. Like that would be ridiculous, right? Because his heart is already weak and him going to do this, him going to do that make no sense. So those two things can be true. It can be true that Matthew Perry was a great guy and was a nice guy, but also did this really ridiculous thing knowing that he probably had a very weak heart from his previous lifestyle choices. And I think it's okay for us to say that and for us to talk about it. Right. 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 I I mean, mean, it's just like the obvious. It's just like, you know, when a, when a, like Kurt Cobain, right. Or somebody like that dies. Right. It's okay for us to say, man, I really liked him and I really liked his music. Um, you know, but God, he lived a really hard life. He lived a really terrible life. And, you know, now he's done these things that have brought upon his death. 
And we can talk about that openly. Why can't we talk about it? It's, 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 people are so weirdly protective over this. And I don't, I don't, I don't understand it because so many of the people that have been like double, triple boosted wherever we're at, quadrupled, they have gotten sick more than anyone else. And they'll be like, oh, thank goodness I have my vaccines or I'd be dead. Or I've gotten COVID so one time. Sick. I'd be so much more sick. Yeah. I've gotten like, COVID one time. And, we have, and our natural immunity. Yeah. At the very beginning, I got COVID one time. I took ivermectin on day one. I never got super sick. And I was like, I had like a cold kind of symptoms for four days. I was back to a hundred percent by day four. And I took ivermectin the whole time. I was fine. My friends were like on their deathbeds. So sick. (laughs) Right, right. Thought they were going to die. I had, I had not the horse ivermectin. I had real human Human ivermectin. I had human ivermectin. I had a prescription for it. I had it already in my house. And so when I got COVID, I immediately started taking it. I took the, uh, the America's frontline doctors. I took their protocol. Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. back to hundred percent day four and Doug, Doug had the same thing. He did the same thing. All my kids, same thing. We were all back to hundred percent by day four, but we did everything that those America's frontline doctors told us to do. And we were totally fine. So, you know, I mean, I, mean, I, I did. I'm so, I'm so thankful I had ivermectin. I was one. So of course I'm not vaccinated, but I did not start taking my ivermectin because I waited, I waited to test. So I was really sick. First it was negative. So I didn't start taking my ivermectin until after the second day. And for two days I was, I was rough, but I'm telling you that I, after my first dose of ivermectin, I felt like a new person. Second dose, considerably better. So I was the same way after, after taking my medicine a few days in, I was, I was a new woman. Um, and yet they try to keep that from people. You know, you can't get that in a hospital. <laughs> no, nope. It's like trying to get drugs across the border, trying to get safe, which ivermectin, by the way, is safer than Tylenol. But I mean, hey, it's, we, we shouldn't give it to people because it does work. I it had to effective. sneak, I was sneaking ivermectin into hospitals. To people. <laughs> to people. Right? Isn't that sad? Yeah. That I mean, I, I had so much ivermectin because I had ordered a bunch of it. Um, and so I had a ton of ivermectin. I was like everybody's drug dealer. I had so yeah. much ivermectin and I was taking, people were calling me like, hey, my friends, in I the need hospital. the hook My husband's <laughs> in the hospital. My wife's in the hospital. They are refusing to give her ivermectin. Will you please smuggle some up here for us? So I was taking ivermectin into hospitals, giving it to people in the hospitals on the DL. And then these people were getting better so fast. These were people they were threatening Imagine. to put on a vent. Uh-huh. Let's and, give them some remdesivir in a yeah. vent. <laughs> Yeah. And then like after like two doses of the ivermectin, they were like turning around. Yeah. 
yeah. getting better and getting released from the hospital and not being put on a vent. And I mean, once they're being put on a vent, most of them were Oh, it's dead. Game over. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I felt like the ivermectin fairy. I'm like, oh, here I come with my, here I come <laughs> with my, bringing my, with my, my pills. <laughs> right. Like seriously. And you're just doing, you're just doing good deeds. You're just trying to like help people. Oh my God. Um, it was insane. But I mean, I just think about all the things that are going to come because of this, like things that we haven't even like really seen like the full yeah. ramifications of, but like even our kids, like the, um, like our babies, like right. the way that all these babies were like seeing people in masks right for two right. years like that yeah. def that had to stunt their development like sure. not oh, seeing people's faces um right. for two years that has to that has to i don't know do something to the way like their um uh the way they read people their language development right all that kind of stuff like that has to do something. I mean, the right. way, you know, looking at people's faces matters. Um, Absolutely. and I'll tell you the saddest thing. So every time we go into our local Walmart, like ever, I think every Walmart has like a missing kids board. And so mm -hmm. it's like kind of, it's by the bathrooms, like right up front at our Walmart. And so my kids always like to go up there and look at the kids and then we say a prayer for the kids. Mm. And so we went up there one week and every single missing kid up there had a mask on. Of course they did. And I was like, how, 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 how are, are you supposed to know who they are? Right. How and I'm like, is this all to... part of it? Like, is this yeah, all like such, part of some so weird plan yeah. i don't i don't know like it just makes you think like is this all well, and it was person theory i don't know right. right it is it's oh gosh we could we could we i don't want do, i like, don't want to go down that right like, rabbit yeah, hole we could have a full thing, series but, on that right right but i just think like what in the world why would they yeah. post those pictures right how are you we gonna we identify these tell who they are yeah through this picture yeah. why would they even make that the picture, yeah. but it was the most bizarre thing I had seen. And my kids were like, mom, we can't see their faces. We can't see they have masks on. I'm like, yeah, no, it's weird. It was weird. Oh, it's, it's wild. And again, we've, society has normalized that for mm -hmm. such a large part of our, some of our kiddos lives, some of them almost their entire lives. And, and uh, yeah, it's going to, Time will tell how much it's affected them. And um, I mean, yeah. Fulton, I think even about our kids, Ray, like Fulton and KJ both kind of had like speech delays. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, they do. I wonder yeah. if that, I mean, our kids were little during the pandemic. Like they were. Yeah. They were. Yeah. That, you know, they were kind of learning language and stuff like during the pandemic. And even though we didn't participate in that, like yeah. still 
that was the world that they were in. That was what the majority were doing. Yeah. And um, I just, I pray we don't see a a take two, but I fear, I fear we will of some sort, but it's as, you know, as we wrap here, um, it's important to remember it becomes so overwhelming and so frustrating thinking back to these things that we obviously can't change. And it's, it can cause massive anxiety thinking about what could possibly come. But, you know, Abby and I always go back to, and this is what we encourage y'all to do. I mean, you just have to stay rooted in Christ because we can control so much up to a certain point, right? Mm -hmm. And you push that line, you do whatever you have to do for the safety and sake of your children. And sometimes that means breaking laws to protect them, um, going against what everyone else is doing to protect them. But you have to just put your full trust in God and... And, and, and sometimes that's all that there's left to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that we cannot be people that live in fear. I mean, we, right. I mean, we, it would be easy to to do, but we can't. Right. Yeah. No, like we have to be people who just keep running to the front, you know, and not, standing in the back going, Oh, I hope everything's okay. I hope everything is going to be okay. Right. We we have to be kind of the, I think that we have to take our position as the first responders when crisis hits our society or crisis hits our country. Like Christians need to be the first responders in societal crisis. We need to show society how to behave in a crisis and that is that we turn to the lord and we don't act like fools we don't act like lawless people we don't act like we are people without a faith foundation um you know we're not lawless we're not criminals we're not people without someone to steer the ship right and that's what society does right now in a crisis they act lawless Um, they act like, and they they look to the wrong people to be their savior. They're looking to the enemy, literally, metaphorically and literally, they're looking to the enemy to save them. And it's, it's absolutely heartbreaking. So absolutely. And that's why it turns to chaos. Yeah. So, because we're all worried about not getting caught up in crisis. Well, guess what? We're in crisis. Right. I mean, our society is in crisis and it needs to be Christians that are leading from the front, not chaos. Yeah. Right now it's chaos that leads from the front. Yes. The chaos, then, they are loud. They are wild. They're crazy. Yeah. They're running the show. Yes. Yeah. It has to be the Christians coming forward. And so it needs to Amen. be Christians leading from the front. And, and so how do we do that? Well, we do that in our communities. We do it in our homes, of course, to start, but we mm-hmm. do it in our communities you know, we need to, it, you know, election, it's an election year. So maybe this is a, a little, you know, God wink to you that 
Maybe there's something in your community that God is calling you to run for an election. Maybe it's a, I don't know, some kind of weird election like the water board or the, the electric council or something. I don't know. There's right, all kinds right. of weird electable positions in different cities and towns. And you know what? We need good conservative Christians in those positions too. And that just may be a stepping yeah. stone to you getting on city council one day or whatever. And trust me, like I'm talking to myself too. So right. Um, right. Absolutely. So like I mean if you can stretch yourself any more thin. Yeah. Abby doesn't like, say no and she's everywhere. We, but. we need good Christian yes. conservatives to be stepping yes. up all of our communities on our school boards. You don't have to have, so I was going to say school board, a yep. kid in school to be on your public school board. Um, we need people showing up and praying outside of abortion facilities. We need parents showing up at school board meetings. Even if you do not have a kid in that school system, we need we need Christians showing up at those school board meetings, defending the kids that are still there in that school system. We have to start showing up everywhere and definitely show up to the voting polls. We are getting just killed um, in, in elections because we're just not showing up. Right. And we are called as Christians to be, involved in government relations and government affairs. That is part of scripture. And so we need to get involved. If we don't get involved, the other side will continually win. So we have to get involved one way or the other. Um, Even if you're uncomfortable, you're going to be uncomfortable. You're not going to want to do it. You're going to say there's not enough time there. you, You have to do it. You have to be uncomfortable. You have to make time. Yeah. You've got or to there's sacrifice not the right things. guy. There's not a good right. guy. There's right. not the right yeah. guy. There's never going to be the right guy. Right. Right. But there's a better guy than the opponent. So find right. the better guy. Yeah. Find the better guy than the opponent. And that's who you go with. So there's always exactly. a better guy than the opponent. Yeah. So we just we just have to get we just that's it. We just have to start leading on these issues because we are even in the pro-life movement, I just said this in an um, Epic Times article, for the first time in 50 years, the pro-life movement is actually, we're actually holding the ball. Like we're actually playing offense, but we've been playing defense for so long, we have no idea what to do with the ball. Right. Like, what is this? What do we do now? How do we? (laughs) Right. And we we have got to start playing offense as Christians. We've got yes. to get a hold of this ball and and run with it. And we've been playing defense for so long, we don't even know how to play the game anymore. Yeah. So, but it's going to it's going to start by just all of us getting active, getting vocal, finding a place where we can really make a difference in our own communities and our own homes. Yeah. I love it. And I think that's such a, a perfect way to end. And um, I know we, t- you know, we try to make vaccines somewhat of the main focus, but I love that we get to kind of bring in so many other topics. Um, and so, however, that being said, if you um, or someone you know has a story that should be shared to bring more awareness 
please send it to us um, mm-hmm. on any of our platforms. You can email us hello at the real deal of parenting.com. Um, we would love to share it on the real deal of parenting. We have 640,000 parents that need to hear your story. Um, with that said, thank you for tuning in guys. And we will be back with y'all next week. And Abby, what's that famous line? Until then, keep raising your little saints. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app, or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.